So this morning I want to talk about how to be a successful Christian, how to make things work in your Christian life. Um, I've got some verses written out and some ideas in groups that I want to talk about, like be faithful in Christ, be a hopeful believer, uh, be a loving believer, loving person. Uh, this will help make ourselves successful in our spiritual life. In our spiritual life. First verse I found, I've got up here on my screen. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. When you first get that, you say, well, which direction did we go? <laughs> but what it's really saying is that if your hope is in this world that we're in, you got to get your name in a book. You've got to get, you know, uh, notoriety or something rather in order to say that you're more successful in this life or in this world. So which is it? Are you accept, excited about Christ and successful with Christ and with your spiritual life? Or is it just to get your name in the book? Because something triggered my mind as well. Uh, not just last week, but a while back, and I saved that piece of paper, and then I thought, no, I really can't read much of it. It's a uh, girl asked me once in a while, I've come and reading obituaries. <laughs> I think I'm going to do one here and one in the Bible today, so uh, bear with me. Not an obituary yet, I guess, on the one I'll read from the Bible, but it was supposed to. So if we have to get our name in a book, we're most miserable. We need to say and serve the Lord God, the Heavenly Father, uh, Christ. We, we need to serve our Master for the reason just that we love Him. And we want to do what's right. So in the paper, I ran across an obituary that was quite lengthy, so I dare not read it all. But I ran into things where I'll say she instead of the person's name that's in there. But she was... Uh, a wife of an important person that had passed away, and uh, she was a steadfast supporter of her husband and engaged in many things. Uh, she was co-founder of a company or a, a group of people. Uh, she was uh, she raised uh, children and uh, four children. She raised four children while doing this and this and this and this with her husband, not too much around which uh, was sad, but she did it. Uh, she was very much as a pioneer person of the state, so very, very helpful in that regards, uh, working with people involved in it. She always was willing to use her hands, and so there's a group called Hands. Okay, so she was involved in helping people. Uh, she organized this and organized that, and she supported this and that. Uh, she gave annually. She was a giving person, and annually, um, she was determined and good for the uh, for a community of people that she was involved in. She always wanted the best for them. She was on a board. That's really good. She was a pillar of this and that. Uh, she was uh, serving uh, in almost every capacity over many years. Uh, she said that she'd uh, rather be in Oklahoma than uh, anywhere else. She was a transplant from, uh, from California. 
and was very, very happy to be here. Um, she proceeded in death by, and it means all the people like they usually do. And I think well, maybe one more piece down here. Um, oh, she requested that the casket be not open for viewing, and that there was going to be later a memorial service for her not during this time period. Um, very nice, right? Long writing. Uh, what did it say about her faith, her salvation, her walk with Christ, her Savior? Nothing. That is sad. What does that verse say? If in this life only, yeah, we have hope in Christ, yes, that's true, but not only here, we're looking for the whole picture, for also after this life. We are of all men most miserable. So we're separating the two things. What's going on in this world that we're in? All the good things we could do. And over here, zero. It's on the good old days, they used to say not. <laughs> and the long spelling. We did this on Wednesday night, but some words that sound the same and, and uh, meanings are different. No. Not that one. <laughs> Saturday night at the fun night. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, we had a fun time looking at words and coming up with words that either sounded like or felt alike with totally different meanings. So that was a fun day. This might be one of those things. Not. She had not in there about her spiritual life. Very sad. There is a, another uh, a verse that I want to get to. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, verse 22. Here's what Paul had to say. He had to tell some things of his regular life and uh, be able to uh, uh, verify what he... My screen walked away on me. Just a second. If I can get it back. Uh, don't think it's going to do. Oh, do that. It goes up and up there. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 11, 22. Are they Hebrews? Somebody was challenging his stand. So am I. Are there Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of Abraham? So am I. Those are all earthly things, right? This is, I, I got that recommendation too. I got that standard. I've got that on my resume. Uh, verse 22, 23. Are they ministers of Christ? They speak as a fool. Because it's obvious they are not by their actions. I am more. Is more of a pastor and minister. In labors, more abundant. In stripes for the cause. Beyond measure, stripes. Wow, then he means something. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Forty was supposed to be beyond measure, might kill you. Then they saved once of your lives, so you were alive. You're hanging there on a thread. <laughs> okay, he got those once? No. He got them uh, five times. Verse 25. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Wow, can't imagine that. You'd just be bruises everywhere. Um, once I was stoned, 
if you remember the story, he was left for dead, but outside the city, he was just left for dead. And God brought him back. Thrice was I suffered, suffered shipwrecked a night and a day I had been in the deep. Wow, for the cause of Christ was the reason he was on that boat. He didn't just make a bad choice. No. Well, in the deep means far enough from shore that you're not going to be able to swim ashore because, in fact, they didn't know which direction to go. Okay, some of that kind of fear. Down in uh, verse 26, in journeys often, maybe because he felt it a necessity for the cause of Christ that he had to go on those journeys, and he did three times for sure. He went all over the place. Many countries that maybe he would rather have not visited, but he did. He went. In perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. They won't do me any harm with me. Oh, yeah. In perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among the false believers. This in perils made me think we just watched during this past week, bits of the time, four hours of the Lewis and Clark travels of the uh, adventures of something they called uh, Discovery, the core of Discovery. Fantastic. They were going into unknown territories just like going to the moon. No idea what's going to happen when you're on the way. They went into what they had no concept of what they'd find. In fact, they talked about mountains, and they were measuring about how high they would be in the east. Said, so, wow, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> uh, so that's not funny when you have to go for the Lord's work into areas where you'd rather not be, and false brethren besides. 27. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings, that's because of fear and, and people that could make trouble, often. In hunger and thirst, in Fastings often, in cold and nakedness, without sufficient clothing for the cold that was there. In weariness and painful things, and watchings often, and in hunger and thirst, and fastings often, cold nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. He was concerned. His life was all about other people and about how the churches were doing here and there. Were they surviving? Were they witnessing? Were they staying faithful? Okay, so we need some backup verses here. In uh, Colossians 2, verse 7, it says, Built, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. When it comes to serving God, he says we're measuring all these things as well and um, remembering to give thanks. No matter whether it was hunger, whether it was scary nights, and you didn't know if somebody was going to rush in and do something, he had to be thankful for it all because God had it right where he wanted I always marvel at too the uh, when uh, Paul was going to uh, have to go because uh, Jesus said to him he was warned ahead of time that he would be going to the kings and to you know 
the high-ranking officials. And uh, when the time for came for him to go to Rome, that's a lot of money in the local church, right? And they were already poor. And God provided a free trip, and all expenses paid. <laughs> he made his appeal to Caesar. And they said, okay, to Caesar, you're going. <laughs> he had horses and so on, all kinds of transportation and ship and food. So God took care of that. He went where God wanted him to go. So he could praise God while he's going. I'm eating, I've got food, I've got I don't have to walk all this distance. So everybody, everybody feels like and everybody wants to be successful in their life in something that they're doing or something they like. They want to be successful. So these following points, and I'm going to give just three of them, but uh, they will help us to know how to become successful Christians. So number one would be be faithful, Christ-like believer. Christ-like. Uh, they over, overdid the statement of, uh, by the way, the light of above here is not on, maybe it should be. Um, the uh, people need to know that they need to act like, what, what would Jesus do if he was there? Uh, what would Jesus do if he was here? I think there's a step on button or something. There we go. Thank you. Um, in Revelations chapter 2 and verse 10 it says be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life we're thinking of the end of our life we need to be faithful unto death because of the length of time we need to be faithful all the way down there but what if death was in the way what if we would have to die for the cause in these days, if you said, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe he's a Messiah, I believe he's, those were words that you're taking to death. He could be accused and put to death, he could be stoned to death for just saying those things. But if you stick it in, stick it out, stay in there, hang in there, um, you'll get a crown of life. You'll, you know you're going to get eternal life. You wonder, is this special? Is this different? <laughs> we'll take it, whichever. Okay. Not because we're after the gold that's in the crown or something. We're, we're doing it for Christ, doing it for God. That was Romans, uh, uh, Revelations 2 and verse 10. Faithful, uh, if you look it up in Webster's, it's firm in adherence to promises or in observance of duty. If you want to be faithful to something, you're, you're faithful because of the duties that you're doing. You don't quit when problems arise. You're standing in there, keep going. Um, many Christians are unsuccessful because they are not faithful as they should be. They falter spiritually. That's bad. You don't want to do that. You don't want to backslide. You don't want to fail, fall through. Uh, you want to stay faithful. Uh, some Christians are lacking in their response to keeping promises. Um, you, you don't have to swear with your hand on the Bible or a raised hand or whatever to be a Christian. But are you actually faithful to the cause of what it stands for, faithful to the Bible, faithful to Christ? 
can you be depended on? Do you remember somebody in Paul's travels said, got to go back home? Got sent home? And next time Paul didn't want to take it, he might quit us again. That's sad. I'm sure he made restitution for it. He was sad that he had fallen back. Uh, he didn't quit the faith, but he hadn't carried on through. We don't know what that reason was, but later he did go with another group of uh, adventurers into uh, uh, witnessing to the world. Uh, in, when that person was quitting and failing or something, would you ever know for sure if he was really with you or if he was uh, going to come there? Was he going to be involved? Was he faithful in, in what he said and his attendance? Uh, being with the, uh, the brethren and to help them for the cause. Uh, that's, that would be a tough thing to take, wouldn't it? That would be a downfall of their responsibility. Matthew 21 uh, and verses 28 to 32 uh, read like this. Let's move this up. Matthew 21 verse 28. But, but what think he? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. Jesus is starting the story here. He's going to tell with an example of it, of course. So he went, went to the son and told him, Where do you go? Verse 29. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he repented and went. Wow. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? He shouldn't have been nasty to start with, but he did go. He did work. Verse 30. And he came to the second son, because the first one's already said no, and maybe he wasn't going to be trustworthy. So he went to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. And went not. Oh, boy. 31, verse 31. Whither of them twain, which of his two, did the will of his father, Jesus is asking me, they said unto him, these are the guys that brought the question to Jesus, the first did what was there. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publican and the harlots Go into the kingdom of God before you. They're saying, what? Did you change the subject on me right in the middle of the verse? Yeah. This was an example. that he wanted them to get the picture. The bad guys, spiritually, the publicans and the harlots, they got the message and they repented and they went. Verse 32. For John, John the Baptist, came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterwards that ye might believe him. He's saying, you saw that somebody that wasn't worthy as they are, because they were educated and they were up in the hierarchy of the church and all of this, said, you saw what was going on. 
you saw these poor folks spiritually and physically they got the message and they went on to serve Christ and to carry the gospel message to do what was right they prayed they asked for forgiveness they did what was right to get right with God but what about you you saw but they didn't they didn't do it Okay, let's keep going. We need to take a uh, thought of that and that we do the right thing. A successful Christian must be trustworthy with some time, talent, and treasures. The Lord watches the faithful. They are, uh, they, they will dwell with him eternally. And this is in Psalm verse one, uh, 101. Verse 6. Psalm 101, verse 6. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. Interesting the way God put this in, you know, through David's hands to say that the faithful, faithful are going to be blessed. God's watching. God sees what's, what's happening. They will, be, um, they will serve Him, serve Heavenly Father. Okay, uh, the hope, hopeful believers. In hope of eternal life, comes from Titus 1, verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot love, promised before the world began. Wow, what a verse. Hopeful. Can we be hopeful? If God promised it before he started this whole world, and before he made all of these things exist, and before the plan of salvation, uh, he planned this all out. He planned for us. He planned to give us eternal life. First off, uh, Webster's Dictionary would say, Hope is desire accompanied by expectation or belief in fulfillment. So if you have a, a fulfillment set out here as a final object to trust for and go for, grab for, to go after, then you have the desire to actually do it. That's hope. You hope enough in the end result that it's going to be there. You're trusting that it's going to be there. So you're going to travel on that path. You're going to work at that path so that you're going to get that object at the end. That's really what hope is all about. Today's world is filled with hopeless people who have no expectations of success. That's sad. You can go down the road and you can, people have no preparation for a batch of cold weather. In fact, if, if they have some clothing for one season, they throw it away to take the clothing for the second season, and then they throw that away and they go back to the first season. What is in their minds? They're hopeless. They have no, no future to be concerned about. They're not planning ahead on anything because they have no hope. They just help me, you know, give me another handout, give me another $5 or something. They're hopeless. 
Some Christians fail to be hopeful. Well, they haven't got the story figured out real well. They haven't got the uh, what's coming in the future, uh, how God's going to handle the future, what's coming, and how we get through it. Do they know the future is coming and what it's all about? We're struggling with some of those things on Wednesday night. It's a good study. Good things to talk about. When does it happen? When are we going to have this situation and that situation so that we can see beyond it? I think about Lewis and Clark again in my mind. When I think of how much food is in the wild in British Columbia, Washington State, Oregon, it's in the wild. The food is there in the wild. And when they were in Clop, oops, am I going to say that word? Fort Clopsit, <laughs> something like that. Um, they were complaining mildly that all they had to eat was um, um, elk. In the morning, elk at noon, and elk at night. That's all they had to eat. Wow. What did the elk eat? Do you know that there's a skunk cabbage over there that stinks pretty bad? But it's in the The bulrushes, they were, they, were in, they were in woods that was called, uh, what was that? Rainforest. The trees are all covered with moss. That's where these, some of these plants grow. But bulrushes would be there, and they're animal all the way down, and the roots, the tubers that are under the ground. They had no vegetables at all. If they'd only know. Well, I, I can think of all kinds of things. I've even got a package of little cards that tell you what's edible and what's poisonous, and you carry that with you when you go hiking. Well, they didn't have that back then. <laughs> right? They had no knowledge of where they were going or what was there. And it's too bad because Captain Cook went up the west coast. Um, so, yeah, it's too bad that they didn't know some of the things that were edible. So they did without. Fail because of lack of hope. Fail because of lack of knowledge. Um, we've got street people. We've got people that are trapped in poorness and poor neighbors. Poor neighborhoods, poor education, seemingly no way out. That's hopeless. Yeah. Christians should know that man's hope is in Jesus Christ. Because of that, we've got something to give to the hopeless. We can give them Christ. We should give them the Bible, help them to know and understand why they need to know the Bible. We've gone, what is it, about 50 years? 40-some years at least, without Bibles in schools. Most time, no Bibles in, in homes. That's really sad. And this is the last part of the world's existence before Christ comes. True believers should know that they uh, need to strive to bring others to a saving knowledge of Christ. That should be something that we really know, that we would do and bring. To be a successful Christian, one must hope in Christ. So in other words, if you give Christ to somebody else, they will have hope. Because we know what's there once they get Christ. In Titus chapter 3, in verse 7, it says, The hope of eternal life. We'll also see verse 8. 
got a few. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. That would be just the main thought there. Because you know about eternal life, because you know of Christ, you can accept Christ and have his grace. You know, these, these are things that we can really tie together, right? This is the re reason for believing. Verse 8 follows up. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works, these things are good and profitable unto men, everybody. So the fact that we understand verse 7, we need to go out and give it to them. Give the best presentation that we ought to be able to do. We need to be uh, an example. We need to confirm often, constantly, that they, that, that they might come to believe the Heavenly Father. The scripture says there's no shadow of turning in the Heavenly Father. In other words, there's no dark side to him. There's nothing he can fail at. He doesn't say one thing and do another. We can trust him. We can believe in him. We know that he's faithful to us and we can be a good example to others. So quickly, I want to go through a couple of things here yet. Be a loving person for Christ. The world doesn't see that anymore. It's a lot of bad, bad people, bad circumstances, punishments, uh, all anything you can think of knows because it's mostly bad. There's people live in strife and conflict. It's always there. I'm noticing more and more that even driving a car around, you realize there's a lot of strife going on around, a lot of wild actions and behaviors. They fail their quest to become a loving Christian. We need to put that bad stuff aside, work for the good stuff, so that we have something to offer to people. If we fail that, sure, we're going to end up in the strife and the conflict too. I've been reading a lot in, in Isaiah, and uh, over and over it says about what's going on in his world. The strife, the conflicts, the problems, the deaths, the uh, sicknesses and ailments, and just on and on. Um, it's really difficult to, to read some of that, so I'm showing that that's really what does go on. To be a successful Christian, we must be loving Christians. Scripture admonishes us to be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. If you win that person to Christ, he becomes a brother. Wow. That even makes that verse a lot easier, isn't it? Loving kindness. You don't have to go back to the ones that says that they're going to persecute you and think they've done well. Uh, and you don't have to go there because you turn that person to Christ and to a believer. Then he becomes your brother. Kindly affectionate. That was in Romans 12 and verse 10. Be kindly affectionate one to another. Also in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, the Apostle Paul says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, or love. These three, but the greatest of these is charity, or love. 
When I was a teenager, I memorized those whole 13 verses. Some of it was a little awkward and spoken a little awkward in the, in the old English language. But when you got down to the end, you had the answer to life's problems. But these things are there. Faith, yes, we've got to have faith in the Heavenly Father. Faith in Jesus Christ. We have to have the hope that I was just talking about. And then we have to be a loving person able to show these people through all those problems. May God bless you.